Uh, good morning, GYC. Morning. How was your morning? Good. It is a blessing to be here with you all again this morning, and we thank you for those people who came back. This is a continuation of our study yesterday. Before we begin, please um, say a word of prayer for me, because I'm still I'm nine hours ahead of you guys now, so my time is still way back from the Philippines. So whenever I'm jet lag, I sometimes stutter. So if I stutter, please uh, pardon me. But I'll try my best to be fluent with what I say this very morning. I am very happy that God has given us this continuation of the study because I felt like it is not possible just to continue it in an hour study. It's supposed to be a much longer one. But I hope and pray that God will give us that time to finish the material that we have this morning. Now, before we go forward, my friend, a very close friend of mine from Indonesia came up to me and said, wait, you did not explain the title of your seminar. And before I begin the part two of this, I just want to explain that the reason why we put up Stealing Lucifer's Playground is because it seems like in our day and age today, social media or media as a whole seems to be Satan's playground. It is where our young people are consumed or being influenced by evil influences of the world. And the reason why we made this title is because it's possible to take, to take Lucifer's playground and use it against him. I grew up in a very social media or media-saturated world, and I was consumed by television, by too much playing video games, and I felt like I was part of that playground. But I realized growing up spiritually that it is possible for us to take that playground of Satan and use it against him. And this is what we're going to talk about. That's why Dee talks about those two topics earlier. Uh, Jamie talked about how to utilize social media and use it for the advancement of the cause. And I hope and pray that this time it will inspire us. I was wrestling with God. I made this topic uh, early this morning about 3 o'clock. And I was praying, Lord, what, is the, what are the most practical things that I could share to these young people? And I hope and pray that it was, this will not be just a mere technical study. I hope and pray that it will inspire us to actually do something for God, especially to finish His work. So a little review of what we studied yesterday. We asked the question, how do we start? We gave a biblical... Is it working? Um, excuse me. Someone, IT, the projector is not working. Yeah, man, can you please turn that on? I don't know why. Yeah, thank you. So we, 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 we studied about how do we start, and we gave a biblical principle found in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says, those who are faithful in the least shall be faithful in much. And we talk about that principle that in order for us to do great things in life, we must first be faithful in the little things that God has given. And many of us have said that we wanted to venture to do all these amazing things for God in media, but we are not so faithful to the things that God has provided in front of us, namely our phones or first cameras. We always dream about all these huge stuff. We talk about David fighting Goliath, but before fighting Goliath, he first fought the lions, the wolves, all those little small um, enemies that he has before Goliath, and that qualified him to fight Goliath. We talk about a principle found in Adventist Home 297. She said, Many of the little home duties are overlooked as of no consequence. But if the small things are neglected, the largest, larger duties will also be also. When the Lord sees you are faithful in that which is least, she said, He will entrust you with larger responsibilities. So we talked about that yesterday. We all talk, talk about testimonies. Excuse me, let me just take that out and put that in. Hopefully that works out. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Ellen White talks about testimony. She said, when you gather up the rays of light which God has given in the past, then he will give an increase of light. Notice what she said. She said an increase of light will only be given when what, everyone? 
when you gather up the rays of light which God has already given to us. So when we utilize all the blessings that God has given us, He will give us more. If not, it is impossible for us to move forward and do more for God. She goes on to say in the book Pamphlets, she said, God will give us an increase of light to those who walk in light received. That's the basic principle that we studied few yesterday. And that is, if we are faithful to what God has given us, then He will give us more opportunity to work for Him. I hope we understood that. Amen? Young people, whom here, we came here because we wanted to start a revolution in social media. Amen? We're not just here to, oh yeah, I want to do a page and do this and that. No, 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 no. You're here in GYC because you want to start a revolution. Amen? Um, I remember uh, a preacher one time uh, gave an illustration, and I found this video on Facebook. You know, in California, there was an unfortunate wildfire. There was this huge wildfire, and this, this random guy on Facebook recorded himself with his phone squirting a water gun on the wildfire in a mountain. It squirt, 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 squirt on a wildfire, pretending he's helping to take out the fire. And I was thinking about this because I found an object lesson in that video. See, even simple videos like that, you can take object lesson. I felt like most of us church members, when we do work for God, we use water guns. We don't go all the way to the fire and rescue people out of the fire. But all we do is from afar, squirting water guns. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Young people are not called just to squirt water in the fire. You're called in the front line to finish this work. That's why you're here. That's why GYC is invented. Why? It is not just to sustain the work. It is to finish the work. We are here to move forward to carry that work and finish that work in this generation. And yet most of us, yeah, we post religious stuff here and there. On Sabbath, we probably post some good stuff. When Game of Thrones come out, we just, whoa, Game of Thrones, that episode's amazing. Right? We squirt water gun. We wanted people who would go all the way for God. And I hope and pray that this seminar would help us understand that. We always talk about networking. I hope and pray that you would network. You can connect to me if sometimes it is difficult for me to reply to people because of different time zones that I'm in. But please feel free to contact me. Contact D. We could give you some mentoring. We'd love to Skype with you if you want to be taught. It is possible for us to mentor people. So please, network with people if you want to learn more. We also understood that better gear does not mean better result. Not because you have better gears doesn't necessarily mean better results. So we must not aim for better gears. We must be faithful to what God has given us. Amen? God will give an increase of light to those who walk in light Received. At this time, I'm going to give you some practical stories for you to be inspired along my journeys. This is the things that I've learned, and these people have influenced me so much in my Christian walk, and I have actually applied these principles that I've learned from the people I've met. So those things that I've talked about yesterday was being faithful in that which is least. The first story I want to visit today is these girls that I've met in Papua, Indonesia. Remember the one that I told you about? We watched that video about the kids, those kids walking in the jungle. There was another village that I went to when I went to the village, and these two girls were actually assigned in a village called Yobosorong. This is in the middle of nowhere, literally in the middle of nowhere. These two girls, they have Muslim parents, and they were kind of persecuted in their homes. And they've decided to be, become a missionary, part of the 1,000 missionary movement. They're 19 and 21 years old. 19 and 21. How many of you are 19 and 21? Oh, it's a lot of you. You can make a difference even though you're young. So these girls were called in Yabosorang to do mission work. And they're not good, like they're not as trained as I guess us pastors who, or people from AFCO and all those people who are well-trained, these young girls, are just very simple girls. They know the Bible, but not as much as Bible working. 
They were assigned in this small town, a small village called Yobosorom, and I was there giving interviews to them. I was just asking them questions, and I've learned a lot, a lot with these girls, and that is they've used what they have. And one thing that ministered me the most is that these girls were so dedicated. This is so far. This is so far. You have to ride about an hour and a half of, of jung, a bush plane. If you, if, if you don't have an airplane, you'd walk for one week to the new city. One week walk. Can you imagine? I asked them, where do you get your food? He said, well, if we get, you want to get decent food, we need to walk for three hours. Can you imagine that? Three hours. And I was there. I wanted to charge my cell phone, and we need to walk for two hours just to get my phone charged. Can you imagine that? And I was there, I was blown away because here I am pastoring in the city of Jakarta, complaining how the traffic is in Jakarta. These girls are doing mission work full time. One time they were in the jungle and um, they were giving books to people. And this lady, she doesn't know how to read, but they said, you know what, I'm going to give you a book. And she handed this book and the lady said, well, what do I do? I don't know how to read. And the lady said, "Just, just bring it in the home. And then one time, that very night, she received the book. And that very morning, I arrived also. She, they, they told me the story. These two girls said that the lady came up to them and told them that the book that night was glowing. And beside the book, there's a man wearing white glowing, saying these two girls were sent by God, and you should give yourself to Christ. These two girls helped build a school in that jungle. Just two of them, 19, 21, using what they have and what they know, changing the whole village. If a 19 and 21-year-old could do something, you could do something out of social media. You could do something with what you have. But most of the time, we like to spend our time complaining about what we don't have. But I pray that we young people, as we continue on, we would use what we have. I remember walking around a place called the Three Sisters in Australia, and I met this man by the name of Adam. He's 80 years old, and he's Polish. Was filming in that specific spot. Beautiful, beautiful spot if you've been to Sydney, Australia. The Three Sisters, walking around, and I met this man. He had a big, huge telescope. And I'm telling you this story because this is very significant. Adam would meet up to tourists, to people, would talk to them, and they would give them a telescope. And what he would do is he would hand them a a telescope, and he would point into something on the forest and ask them, if you see that something that I'm pointing to, I will give you a prize. So he came up to me, some random conversation, and said, hey, I have a telescope. Young man, if you identify the thing that I'm pointing into with this telescope, I'll give you a gift. And so he gave it a telescope. I look at the, the, the thing that it's pointing into. It was a, a, a big beehive. And I said, well, it was a, it's a beehive. He said, wow, very smart man. And he picked up something, gave me a great controversy. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you're an Adventist? He said, yeah. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And I was like, wow, I'm a pastor. He was so stoked, and he told me so many stories. And I sat there. Instead of going around, I sat there with him. He said, you know, I'm here every day giving these books to tourists. I give 2,000, 3,000 a book a month. 80 years old. Can you imagine that? Do it, giving books to, he said, you know what? This is the best mission field. I see new people, new faces every single day. And you know why he did that? Because one time he got divorced with his wife, got so depressed, he went to the cliff, decided he wanted to jump just to kill himself. He was so depressed, he was so lonely, he said, my son left me, they're all married, and I'm all alone. And I was crying. So I decided to go to the cliff, I wanted to jump. But before jumping, I look at my right, I saw a 14-year-old girl who also wanted to jump. <laughs> and so he decided to just talk to the girl and console the girl, you know. But when you talk to people sometimes, even though you're depressed, you actually be comforted by your words. 
And so he, as he comfort, comfort this girl, he's also, he realized that he started to comfort himself too. So he, he left out and he was like, hey, let's go out, eat, eat something, drink something warm. They went out and to talk. The girl thanked him for saving his, her life. And then he realized, this is what I wanted to do. And thus, he continued this life for 20 whole years, giving tracks at the same spot. 15 years later, a 30-year-old lady came up to him, hugged him, with a healthy family, hugged him and said, you remember me? I was that girl you saved 15 years ago. What he did was just doing what he can for God. I know this is not media stuff, <laughs> but what I'm telling you right now is that what you do would influence people. And start with what you have. Friends, I want to tell you, faithfulness means opportunities to work for God. Many of us today don't have opportunities for God because we're not faithful to what God has given us. And many young people, they would come to me, what's your practical tip that you want to give me? What are the things that you want to tell me in order for me to excel in this sphere? All I tell them is be faithful in what you have. And soon enough, if you're faithful, God will give you an opportunity. Let me give you some opportunities that God has given me by taking that principle in a practical level. You remember the, videos that, the video I showed you and I told you it went viral on Facebook? 1.4 million views. And then Philippine Airlines, if you've rode Philippine Airlines before, it's a big company in the Philippines, contacted me. I was in Sydney, I remember, preaching a, a week of prayer. And then someone called me and he said, Hey, we saw your video. We are just interested to know if you want to make us a video in Philippine Airlines. It's like, well, I'm not a professional. I don't have any portfolio to show you. I'm just, I just like to do that as my hobby. I said, no, just do the same exact thing that you did in the video. I said, so what's the cash? We'll give you tickets, business class tickets. We'll give you hotels and stuff, and we'll send you to beautiful places to film. And I felt like, wow, what an opportunity. So I asked my church board members, hey, is that okay if I go? I won't take the money. We'll try to help uh, the Philippines build churches with that money. So I won't take anything. So they say, yes, okay, sure. It will help a lot of people. And then so we made videos for Philippine Airlines. This is the first video we made. It has 2.7 million views in Facebook. The second video we made is in Travel File Cebu. It has 4 million views in Facebook. I'll show you a snippet of it. This is... I don't like the music, so I muted out. <laughs> they wanted their own music, so it's an apostasy. <laughs> so this is some of the videos that we made. We had f so much fun jumping up the cliffs. We had the waterfall. This is one of the waterfalls in the Philippines right there. A beautiful, beautiful waterfall. We, we swam with the kids. We also swam with, with whale sharks. It's an amazing, amazing experience. So all these opportunities that God has given us to do, and I, I, I came with some of my friends um, to edit and to film this. And Facebook, if you go to the page, it has 4 million views. But we had a dilemma. It said, we just don't want to make a commercial. We also want to do something and use that something to become a ministry. But it's Philippine Airlines. You can't do anything religious. It's recorded. I might be in trouble. So what we did... <laughs> was I told the editor, and said, why not we use a scene that I filmed in Bali? Insert that in introduction. I hope you'll catch this. This is the introduction of the video, and I'll show you how it looks like. Now pay attention. A few seconds. You see that? Ah, oh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. Let's do it again, okay? You catch that? No, did you catch that? Okay, let's do it again. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. It's, uh, did you get that? <laughs> four million views. I hope and pray at least one person out of the four million people who've watched this at least Google that book and say, hey, that's something interesting. And so, yeah, we use that opportunity. Again, little opportunities that God has given you. Take advantage of those. How many of you have, have catched that? No? Anyone have missed that? It's a book, Ministry of Healing, and that part of the introduction. It's a, it's a scene where a backpacker was packing up his stuff, and one of his stuff is Ministry of Healing. 
course, that's, I have that book, so I put it there. Um, I made a video also for Adventist Aviation. Again, take every opportunity. At this time, I don't know how to use my camera. I YouTube what to do. Some of, some of the times I use in auto mode. But again, grab every opportunity, even though you're not paid to do it, because you need to work for the outcome, not for the income of the work. And so we proceed and work for this. This was two, three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Work for Gary Roberts is actually up there on one of the booths. Gary Roberts is one of the most inspiring men you ever meet in your life. My favorite person, my favorite person in the planet. Very amazing man. So I made him a promo video, went to Papua, Indonesia, about six hours flight from, the, from uh, Jakarta, Indonesia. Made a video, published it. And I'm not proud of the video because I don't really like it. But even though I felt like it's not enough, that I, it's, it's not enough color grading, it's not enough perfect editing, but it impacted a lot of people. And so few years ago, I was just reading the comments, and someone commented this, and that impacted the way I look at the videos that I make. Paul Daly says this in one of the videos, this video so inspired me that this year, I have become a missionary pilot for Adventist Aviation, Papua New Guinea. God bless you and Gary and all who support you. And I messaged him and he said, because of that video, I'm here in Papua New Guinea, became a bush pilot for God, full time. Even though your ugliest video, friends, and you think it's ugly, God could bless it, amen? God could bless our rough hands, my dear friends. In fact... One of my friends I met here, if you notice that face, Brother John right there, he came up here to the seminar. I actually watched his video three years ago. So he came up to me and he said, hey, can we connect? Can I add your Facebook? So he added me up in Facebook. I saw his profile and said, wait, you're the guy I used to watch when I was in college three years ago. I still can remember him of all his Daniel 2 studies, right? So your videos could impact people. Audioverse impacted my life. I don't know where will I be without Audioverse. I praise the Lord for Audioverse. It sustained my spiritual walk for God. By God's grace, I am here, and I owe that for, uh, from Audioverse. Like, Audioverse really did change my life. I'll give you one story, and I'll proceed one more to a specific point that I want to give you tonight, uh, today. Uh, you know that person beside me? His name is Taj, and I worked with some of his devotionals. I filmed some of his devotionals around the world, Fiji and, and Tonga and Hawaii. And uh, we would travel together. There's a lot of miracles that we would, we would, uh, we would encounter. If you, if you have the page Revelation of Hope Ministries, you can go to Facebook, like that page. It's a lot of devotionals that we produce there, Taj speaking. Uh, also, there's a lot of miracles. If you go to that page, you will see that we got robbed in Fiji. We got robbed 9,000 worth of our equipment. And we got robbed right in front of us in the jungle. We were filming a devotional. We put our bags on the side. Someone came up, just run away with our bags. And I was so stunned. Taj came up and run. I was just there. I was shaking. Good thing they did not hurt us. Took our bags, run away. Taj was able to save my bag, but he wasn't able to save his. So we were so devastated. $9,000 worth of equipment. We prayed that day, but God knows that we have peace in our hearts. We prayed, Todd preached that night, and apparently he was, his sermon was recorded, and it was aired on the internet and national TV in Fiji, and it so happened that the chief of police of Fiji was listening to the sermon, and he called all his associates and said, you guys can't go to the office tomorrow until you find that bag. <laughs> And they searched all over Fiji, man, the city. Next morning, 6 o'clock, we received a message. Hey, we found you back. Amen. Complete. Everything is inside the bag, except one thing, Taj's Bible. <laughs> I hope and pray that God will use that Bible to change someone's life. But the point is that God provided for us that opportunity to have that miracle. It's amazing, my dear friends. And we were able to pray for the robber. He was only 17 years old. Taj came up and said, you know, man, when I was 14, I also got in prison for stealing. 
And, you know, pray for that boy. Maybe he becomes an evangelist in Fiji. Who knows? And so we would travel all around the world. And I made a video together with Taj. We, we swam with the whales in Tonga. This is one of the videos that I made. I hope this will be inspiring for you guys too. I made this a few months ago. But there's a story behind And I took a photo of that chat of, of the whales just playing around. It's a mother teaching the the kid how to you know go down the water, bring him up again, to 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 breathe. I posted that in Instagram. And young people, this is why it's important for us to think about what we post because it impacts people. I posted that on Instagram, and someone commented on that, and he said, she said this. She said, "Hey, and by the way, PSTR means pastor." Said, so, hey, Pastor Jasper, would it be possible to get a copy of this? My mother was diagnosed with cancer earlier this year. And on her final day of work, flying her float plane over the ocean, she saw a mother whale teaching her baby to swim and come up for air just like this. The baby would drop down and she would disappear and bring it back up to the surface. It was a promise to her by God that he would do the same. That's... That's the same exact thing that God is promising me. I know I'm underwater, but soon enough, God will take me up. It's an object lesson that she she learned. And so I sent her a copy and said, hey, sister, you don't need to buy this. You don't need to pay for this. Just print it for your mother. And she she gave this picture to me and said, hey, I printed it. I gave it to to my mom as a reminder that God will bring you up. Even though you're underwater, God will bring you up and give you an opportunity to breathe. What I'm telling you right now, my dear friends, is to tell you that what we do and what we post in social media will impact a lot of people. And it is not just because you you post random things in Facebook. You need to post things that would affect and you know it will affect a lot of people. I told you these experiences because the reason why I got these opportunities is because I have applied the first seminar. And that is being faithful to what God has given us. You want to do something great for God? Be faithful with what you have. I know I keep repeating myself, but that's the most important part of the seminar, to be faithful with what you have. Whom you here have heard about Lineage Journey? Lineage Journey, this is a little trailer that I, as I talk, I'm just going to go through this. Uh, I have my teammates here, Lineage, Ashley, and also... um, Got your name. Eden. Eden is, is new. We've never worked together because he worked in England. But this is our team. And we created a short video. Lineage Journey is a sh- short video of bite-sized messages. We went to Europe to film uh, stories about the Reformation. Three to five, uh, three to six minutes video. Very short videos. And it's bite-sized for our young people to see. So all these places we went to, filmed. So I hope you could check this out. Went to Geneva, Switzerland, Zurich. 
So I hope you can check this out. This out. You can type in. Huh? Oh, it's coming out next year. We have season two. We're filming season two right now. It's Adventist history. So we're also making bite-sized messages about that. But please, if you have time in your Facebook, it's weekly videos. You can uh, sign up. And also we have a study. What is that again? Hope Channel website. We have uh, a study about the Reformation. So please do check check it out. Lineagejourney.com or you can type that on Facebook or YouTube. What's interesting about this is that I want to tell you a story about this. Lineage Journey was organized and was made by a friend of mine, Clive Coutte and Adam Ramden in England. Clive tapped me in on this while I'm still a pastor in Jakarta. He told me, hey, we might be interested to do this and all that, uh, the filming in, um, in Europe. And so I was struggling about this because I was a pastor. But as I prayed, the Lord has led me into the media ministry. And I've decided to quit pastoral work. Now, I want to make this clear, especially this in audio. People might, might hear about the sermon, so I want to make it clear. I'm not saying pastoral work is bad. I'm not saying pastoral work is, is not as good as what I do today. It's just I felt more conviction to do more in the media sphere than what I do in pastoral work. And my conviction was because I wanted to do more of the finishing of the work in the front line other than just sustaining a church. And this is what I felt that is very sad today in the system of the church. It seems like our pastor is just working to sustain a church, not to finish the work. I'll give you an illustration. The Philippines was colonized by the Spaniards for 300 years. The Spaniards were called colonists because they colonized us. They were settlers. That's why most of us Filipinos have Spanish last names. Why? Because they lived there. Probably see Filipinas pretty and they just married Filipinas. (laughs) And so we have Spanish last names. They stayed there, called colonists. Few years after that, my dear friends, the Japanese came to the Philippines. They were not called colonists. They were called the Imperial Army of Japan because the Japanese were not mainly assigned to colonize countries. They were called to destroy and conquer countries. They were called soldiers. In the dictionary, a soldier is a man who is engaged in battle. And I say that illustration to say this. Is it possible that this church has become a colony, not an army? We have settled. We forgot to conquer. I said that in line to the work of media, the work of media, media work that we, God has assigned us to do, my dear friends. We are not called to do it to sustain certain programs and pages of our church. We are called to help God finish the work. So every time we do something, it is called, God called us to finish the work. And I have that mindset. So thus, I've said to my church members, I said, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm quitting because I don't like you, though I don't really like the church board meetings. (laughs) I did not really enjoy it. I'm not saying that you guys are bad, but what I'm saying is I am really interested to do this work that God has convicted me to do. So I quit, and I said, Lord, please provide for my needs. So I'm jobless during that time, but I know God has convicted in my heart that I want to do the media ministry and a finished lineage journey. So I went to the Philippines, and I prayed that the Lord would provide for my needs. I was called to go to Europe, but the problem is if you're a Filipino, it's very hard for you to get a visa. If you, pro- if you, underst- you understand that, if you're from a third world country, it's difficult for us to get a visa. I prayed about it, and I said, Lord, please provide for uh, my needs. I applied for my visa. God directed me, and this is the second time I got the visa from Europe, but it's still very difficult. I prayed for a direction. God led me into the Czech Republic embassy, and I know God wants me, because I was already in Europe, I filmed one month of lineage. It's not enough. Europeans will only give you one month, especially Germans. They're stingy. So they only give you one month. And they said, and they said you need to go back after one month or else you get deported. So I went, to go, I, went, I went back and I prayed, Lord, why would you bring me back and not finish lineage? 
But God, and I know God wants me to go back, and I know God has a reason why I'm in the Philippines again. So I prayed. God directed me to Czech Republic Embassy. I prayed about it, applied. They asked me, where's your bank account? Where's your money and all that kind of stuff? Well, I don't really have any money. And I said, well, how do you provide? How do you sustain yourself? Well, my friends from England probably buy me food. That's not really a good valid reason. And so I told them, look, I'm going to Czech Republic, and I'm going to film John Huss. You heard of John Huss before? Huss and Jerome, you heard of him? Apparently, if you talk to Czech Republic people, people from, the, uh, from Czech, they're, they're hardcore fans of John Huss. And so one of the consulate of the, the embassy heard about me coming to Czech Republic to check out the story of John Huss. He was so interested, called me into a private meeting in the embassy. So I sat down with one of the officials of that country, talked to me, and he said, why are you interested about John Huss? I said, well, because he, he played a vital role in, 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 our, in our religion, in the Seventh Adventist Church. I said, well, if that's right, yeah. So he gave me a two-hour lecture about John Huss. I was just there listening. And then he asked me that question, where do you get this inspiration from that you wanted to go and see where John Huss lives and he, he grew up. He said, well, this is why you always bring a book, Great Controversy, in your bag. I pulled out a Great Controversy in my bag, gave him a book, the chapter Huss and Jerome. I, I told him, this is where I got it from. Look, I'm going to give you this book. And then he said, well, okay, I'll read the book. And he said, and I told him, well, will you give me a visa? Well, you have to wait. We'll see. So I waited for five days, five days. He emailed me. I've received a text message and he said, wonderful book. I love the book. I'm giving you a visa back to Europe. And I believe that God brought me back there to reach that man through that book. I was able to go to Europe, spend three months in Europe without a bank account or money. But I know God provides. Ellen White says this, Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. That means if you know 1,000 things, God knows 1,000 more that you know not of. And she goes on to say, those who accept the one principle of making the service of God supreme. Notice one principle that you need to understand in every ministry. If you put God's service supreme, notice what she said. She did not say selfish gratification in the ministry. Because most of the time we do ministry because we want to travel. We want to see all these places. That's not the main point we do ministry. The main point we do ministry is to do God's service. And Ellen White said, make it supreme. And if you do that, God will provide in thousands of ways. I could tell you stories upon stories, going to every place. I went to Venice I have no idea where I'm staying. I preach. I went to Budapest, Hungary, going to Venice. Literally, God has been providing. I was in eight countries in seven days. God has been providing to every single country, to people I do not know. I'm telling you this story because I want you to jump in faith. Even though people will not provide for you, even though the conference will not provide for you, if God is convicting you to do the ministry that God has called you to do, do it because he's able to provide for you, friend. I was there in Europe and I could testify right now that he could provide for your needs. I was in Budapest flying into to, to Venice, going to Forli, Italy. I don't have any time, so I need to sleep, sleep in Venice. I was flying in an airplane thinking, Lord, I don't mind sleeping in a train station. Your train station is much more comfortable than what we have in the Philippines. So I'm willing to go, but please do not make it too cold for a Filipino because it was December and winter. So I was praying the Lord will provide me some heat. So I prayed. I arrived in the airport in Venice. I received a call from someone in Facebook I had never met before. We are mutual friends with some people. I've never met this person. Called me and he said, where are you now? I said, I'm in Venice. She said, do you have any place to stay? I said, I do not have any place to stay. She said, is it possible for me to provide you a hotel room in Venice? I said, sure, why not? <laughs> And I went to the hotel room, arrived into the, to, to the, to the, to the um, counter, and I asked them, hey, is there someone registered by this name? She said, sure, yeah, your name is here, but we want to apologize. 
the room that you booked is already full. We are sorry, our, those rooms are already booked. But good news, we, are, we have our best room in Venice tonight. And we're giving you that room to stay. I was staying in Venice in one of the best rooms for free. God provides for his people. If it's God's will, friends, it's always God's will. I tell you the truth, man. God has given me opportunities to places I could not imagine. I went to Iceland without any cash at all, one of the most expensive places in the world. Before leaving to the Philippines, I was in Paris. A friend of mine texted me and he said, look. And before this, I was praying, Lord, I know this is something fancy, and I know this is not what the missionaries would pray for, but if you could bring me to Iceland, I would appreciate that. <laughs> and so I prayed for it. This is the cover of my calendar because it's, it's, it's just a sign of God's miracle. I prayed, and a message from a friend came up. And he said, look, Jasper, this is my last semester in, 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 in France, and I'm thinking of going to Iceland. Would you mind taking a picture of me in Iceland, and I'll buy you a return ticket going to Iceland back to Paris? What I'm saying is that God provides even for our desire. But I want to make this clear message. I did not do the ministry for travel and to take pictures. It is fun, but that's not the main reason why we do ministry. Yes, these stories are amazing, but we're not after these experiences. We are after to do work and to help God finish this work. I always say we don't work for income. We work for the outcome of the work. And I put that here because I want you to have that mentality as we move forward. I could have just given you a technical uh, seminar here. But I want you to go home. And as you begin your ministry, remember that the main reason why you do the ministry is for service, not for selfish reasons. In fact, notice the reason why Jesus made a ministry. John chapter 4, if you have your Bibles with you. John chapter 4, as we get ready to close. There's some points I want to drive in here. More. We have a few minutes left. John chapter 4, and if you're there, let me know by saying amen. John chapter 4. Let's begin reading at verse 31. The disciples came up to Jesus, and he says, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Verse 32, but he said unto them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And verse 33, therefore the disciples said to one another, he has, has anyone brought him anything to eat? They were asking Jesus, have you eaten? Jesus said, well, I have something that I eat that you know not of. And notice what Jesus said, and this is something that we need to ponder. She, he said in verse 35, verse 34, sorry. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. Notice that the work of Jesus Christ in this world is not just to do a normal ministry, but to finish the work. In fact, Paul said in the book Philippians, he said, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Whatever in, in the mind of Jesus must be in our mind. And Jesus said, in my mind, it's not just something that supplies my needs, it is to finish God's work. And I say this, life is not just a continual search of security and comfort. Life is for the finishing of God's work. And this is why we're here, GYC. We're here, GYC, not just to sustain our needs, but to finish God's work. But the question is, who among you here would do that for God? Would use your talent to finish this work? Work. This is why we are filmmakers. This is why we do social media. This is why we do music ministry and whatever ministry that God has given us to finish the work in this generation. I remember the story of Review and Herald when they started. Have you went to Review and Herald before? In Battle Creek, there's some uh, memorabilia there. It's amazing. The story in Rochester, the sacrifice that these people have. They are so poor, but yet they started that ministry 
Notice what Ellen White said in that story. We are just getting settled in Rochester. We have rented a whole house for $175 a year. We have the press in the house. This is the printing press, now the first media ministry, publishing house. They said, were, were it not for this, we should have pay, to pay $50 a year for office room. You would smile, could you walk in upon us and see our furniture? We have brought two old bedsteads for 25 cents each. My husband brought me home six old chairs, no two of them alike, for which he paid one dollar. And as soon he presented me with four more old chairs without any seating, for which he paid 62 cents. Can you imagine that? That's the first, can you, I don't know if you'd say general conference, or the first where they started the ministry. They don't even have proper chairs. But again, the principle, be faithful in what you have. That's why we have a church now. Why? Because they were faithful with what they have. They go on to say the frames are strong and have been seating with them, drill, uh, been seating them with drill, drilling. Butter is so high that we do not purchase it. Neither can we afford potatoes. I want you to digest that a little bit. Most of us complain about what we have when we do ministry. Oh, I can't do that ministry because those people can't provide for my needs. Mrs. White and the volunteers before, they can't even afford potatoes. But they have the vision to finish the work. Because ministry is not limited by the circumstances before us. We move forward amidst the circumstances that is before us. The reason why many ministries are not able to move forward, because we stop the ministry when we don't see providence before us. No, we don't work because providence is just given. No. Even there's no blessings, we continue because we're called to do it. Can you imagine going around? I, I can't even imagine going around not eating rice. <laughs> I'm Asian. I eat rice every day. It's a struggle. They don't have potatoes. We use sauce in the place of butter and turnips for potatoes. Our first meals were taken in a fireboard place upon a two empty flour barrels. We are willing to endure privation, privations if work of God can be advanced. Can you imagine that? We are willing to endure hunger as long as the work of God is moved forward. Whom we hear young people would say that with straight face right now. I'm willing to go through hunger to finish the work. That's powerful. It's amazing. She said, we believe that the Lord's hand was in our coming to this place. There's a large field of labor, but few laborers. God needs you today, friends, to endure. This is funny. Uriah Smith, upon working, because they don't have that much food, she goes on to complain. I hope this is a joke, probably something sarcastic. He said, because the daily diet consisted largely of beans and porridge, Bachelor boarder Uriah Smith, after having lived with the family a few weeks, remarked to a comrade that he had no philosophical objection to eating beans 365 times succession. Yet when it came to making them a regular diet, he should protest. <laughs> said, well, look, I don't mind eating beans every day, but if it becomes part of my diet, <laughs> this is not healthy. <laughs> but the mentality is not just to sustain physical needs, but to finish the work. Isn't that mentality of Jesus, what we read in John chapter 4? This is a badge from uh, the Baptist Missionary Church before. And this is the picture that you will see in the writings of Mrs. White in the book's ministry, book, Ministry of Healing. Have you seen this picture before? It's called Ready, Ready for Either. This is a picture of a cow, uh, an ox with a plow, and an altar of sacrifice. Mrs. White, in comment on this in the book Ministry Revealing, page 502, she said, There is a picture representing a bullock standing between a plow and an altar with the inscription, ready for both, ready for either. She goes on to say, ready to toil in the furrow or to be offered on the altar for sacrifice. That's powerful. Two work of every Christian, ready to work for God and to die for his work. She goes on to say, this is the position of the true child of God. Willing to go where duty calls, to deny self, to sacrifice for the Redeemer's cause. Today's, today, friends, 
we work for media not just to make a name in this industry or ministry. We're here to sacrifice our lives for God's cause. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but friends, it's either you work for God or God will give you an opportunity to die for him. But Ellen White said, we must be ready for either. The question is, how many of you are willing to answer that call today? To help God finish the work in this generation. It was John Wesley who said, give me a hundred men who loves only God, who hates nothing but evil, who knows nothing but Jesus Christ, and I will change the world. A hundred men who would change this world. I pray, friends, that God will give us that wisdom to discern that God is calling us into this ministry. But we can't do all of this if we are not faithful to what God has given us. If you have any question, let me just pray for you. I have like eight minutes. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us an opportunity, Lord, to study your word. Lord, there's so many things to say yet so little time. Father, I could have just said a very technical message, very technical tips on filmmaking and visuals, but Father, you have convicted me to share this message. I pray, Father, that this spirit of sacrifice be planted to my fellow young people's heart, that they will work for you regardless of the circumstances. I pray, Father, that they will work for the outcome, not for the income. I pray, Father, that you would give them an opportunity to be faithful in what they have, that they may continue on to finish this work in this generation. Guide us today, Father. Help us, Lord, to have an experience with Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you have any questions, you feel free to... This message was recorded at the GYC 2017 Conference Arise in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.